Mizuki Makes presents I Dream of Jungle Gyms. Episode 8 Wild Science. Let's start from the beginning. I was with two of my friends, Jackson and Michael. We were being held hostage in Mike's house, captured by a crazy man. I never caught his name, but he had wild white hair, cold, dark eyes, and he wore a lab coat. The odd thing is, he didn't look old. No wrinkles, no bags, just clear, pale skin. He would take turns coming into the living room and dragging each of us into the basement, one at a time. He wasn't physically imposing in any way, but he was clearly insane. The kind of man you'd find screaming on a subway at 3 a.m. in the morning when you just want to go home to your warm bed. But despite the crazed look in his eyes and his sporadic twitching, I don't know, there was something calculating about him. Once he took Michael down, Jackson and I began plotting. I'm gonna make a break for it, I said. I mean, there was nothing holding us there. The front door was wide open, taunting us. The only thing between us and freedom was a glass screen door. We'll go on the count of three. One, two, three! We made a break for it, swinging the door open and making a mad dash for the street. But as soon as the door opened, a red light started flashing and a siren went off. From upstairs, a vicious looking raccoon came charging at us, and along with it was a rottweiler. They both had on these collars with metal boxes on the front and blinking green lights. Instantly, they charged at us, and I ran as fast as I could, but they were, of course, faster. The raccoon grabbed me, and the dog got Jackson, and they dragged us back into the house. None of the neighbors seemed to notice. Actually, now that I think about it, I don't remember anyone else being there. They pulled at us, and the raccoon's nails dug into my clothes as he forced me onto the porch and opened the door. He threw me in and held it open, standing on two paws... feet legs, whatever. He held it for Jackson and the huge dog. I remember him making eye contact with me as he gently closed the door and skittered back up the stairs. Once again, we were left to our own thoughts of escape. Lord knows what poor Michael was going through down there. Or if we'd ever see him again. And just as that dark thought popped up, the basement door opened. Mike ran to me and no questions asked, I hugged him. He didn't look hurt, save for a small bandage on his inner arm and a few bruises on his wrist. I didn't notice the crazy man appear in the doorway. He smiled at me. In a strange way, it was almost endearing. Next! Jackson and I looked at each other, and he nodded, knowing that he would have a better chance down there. Or at least, he hoped he did. He stepped forward, heading for the basement, and the scientist small wave goodbye, making direct eye contact with Mike. He articulated every finger, showing off his crooked smile. I felt Mike's tension and immediately held him back from running at him. Who knows what this psycho was capable of? I wasn't letting my friend run him blind. And with a slight sneer, the mysterious man let him chill and slammed the basement door behind him. What did he do to you down there? Are you okay? He... I, I don't really know, but there's some sick stuff happening around here. It smelled like rotting meat, and he, he strapped me down, and I was about to fight him, because you know I ain't going down easy, but... But... what? There was a... Uh... Something. I, I don't really know what it was, but it had green eyes, and, and it was big. Too big. Maybe...
ankle? He looked completely out of it. Whatever it was he was trying to describe, he didn't have the words for. After a second, he snapped out of it. The door. Oh, oh my god. The door! It, it's open! Yeah, we, we tried that. There's a security system. What do you mean, a security system? My house doesn't have a security system. Yeah, well, it does now. Animals. Vicious ones that attack. Hmm. That must have been why his watch went off. How did he get in your house anyway? I don't know. The walls pulled back, revealing a complex system of clear plastic tubing, like a large, elaborate hamster cage. Poor jungle dream of friends. Inside were dozens of furry creatures, mice, rabbits, squirrels, cats, a few raccoons. Each one of them had one of the special colors. The green lights blinked sporadically in the ever-moving frenzy. Though, concerningly, I didn't see the Rottweiler. Not that he would have fit in the tubes anyway. Mike and I froze, watching them. They didn't really seem to notice us. As if so long as we didn't try leaving, we weren't even there. Well, I guess that's all they can do. I watched it some were swimming screens, some pressed different buttons, a few even held beakers of glowing green fluid, and then they were shoots and pipes. One of the raccoons, the biggest just about to object and tell him off, but then I realized he's a talking raccoon and his opinion doesn't really matter. Well, if you insist, but I'm not quite sure it's ready. Just do it! Yes, sir! I watched as a glowing green liquid flooded the basement. Mike and I darted for the door as soon as we heard the words. Uh, sir, we have a problem. And the ground started quaking. We ran out into the small cul-de-sac, and we turned back to the townhouse. We watched the roof break as the two men who were in the basement grew and grew. For context, Jackson is about 6'3 normal, so now make 25 feet the average height. Yeah, he was big. <laughs> the scientists went to a comparative size scrambled and scattered in the house. They ran Which was a good idea. Uh, Mike! Mike, we should run! Inside 
hard could it be to find a job? Turns out, not that hard. He was sitting crouched in a person's backyard holding a familiar looking raccoon and robot. Now, he said, you are going to tell me exactly what you did to me. Just from hearing his voice, I knew that wasn't Jackson anymore. It was cold, threatening. Whatever change they had made to his eyes, body, whatever, it changed him too. I ran, moved as quickly as I could, and ran back to the house. After that, life just seemed to go by as normal. Except now, two giants lived in the area, one of which was extremely evil and charismatic, and the other one, who was previously my friend, was cold and stern. Jackson kept the scientist in line and tied up, making sure he didn't escape. Also, there was this giant orange tattoo. kidnap and scientist free. I Dream of Jungle Gyms is written and directed by Alexandra Hooper, produced by Alexandra Hooper and Samantha Mashinsky. Sound designed by Samantha Mashinsky and music by Brandon Hooper and Wanye. This episode featured Alexandra Hooper as Alex and Hunter Walsh as The Mad. If you'd like to keep the dream alive, consider following our socials at Mizuki Makes on Instagram, TikTok, and the I Dream of Jungle Gyms Facebook group. I Dream of Jungle Gyms is a production by Mizuki Makes. Keep dreaming!